Situated at the centre of the Cairngorms National Park, the Five Arms Hotel in Braemar brings together Scottish heritage, craftsmanship and culture with world-class contemporary art. This podcast celebrates the experts, locals and passion behind the hotel's five-year renovation. Welcome to the people of the Five. Hello, I'm Doreen Wood, a former BBC radio presenter, producer and reporter, with Braemar roots stretching back across many centuries. Today we're joined by Ben Carter, who has worked for Ivan and Manuela Worth for many years and is now Director of Wild Resources at the Five Farms. Ben, Director of Wild Resources, that's an interesting title. What does your role actually involve? Well, everything you associate with that's outside or that you'd associate with the outside drops into my remit. So whether that's forestry down in the south of England or I look after the relationship between the family and Invercald Estates up here. Uh, and then I've lots of different things through, throughout the Fife that you know, you'd associate with the outside that they asked me to come in and sense check. So I did a lot of work with uh, RSS, Russell Sage, in the studio who designed um, a lot of the Fife. So I came in and sense checked a lot of that. So. A lot of the taxidermy you'll see throughout the hotel, I either commissioned it and oversaw it, or I bought it at auction, or I sense-checked it if RSS bought it. The fire cooking equipment that you see down in the Clooney, we designed and built that. Down to the Christmas lights that you'll see hanging over the pavement at Christmas, we designed and built those. The antler chandelier in the fog house, we did that. So a lot of my role is kind of making sure that these things are acceptable ethically, you know, and done the right way. So. That chandelier, for example, I was really keen that that wasn't seen as lots of deer had died to make a chandelier. So actually every antler on that chandelier is cast, which is a natural part of the deer's life cycle. So yeah, a, a lot of education with the chefs as well, a lot of work with wild food. Yeah, truffle hunting, mushroom hunting, all kinds of things really. It's a really diverse job. So your role actually links in to the food that the guests eat? Exactly, yes, yeah, no, very true. So uh, this time of year now, um, chanterelles and seps, that kind of thing. Uh, the venison, so because of the role I have with the estate as well, it's easy for me to facilitate wild deer coming into the hotel directly from our estate. So a real kind of, uh, it's a bit of a cliche field to fork, but that a lot of that, is, yeah. And how important is that element for the Fife? I think it's hugely important. It's You can't get away from it when you come here. You look out of the window and you can see the hill. Um, you take a walk through the woods, you you know, there are mushrooms everywhere. It's very important and it's a kind of thing that the Fife has, which is, it sets it apart. It's not quite unique maybe, but it's certainly very different to 99% of hotels within the UK. You know, you, you don't get that a link and it's not so apparent. Raymar sits in, in the heart of the protected area of the Cairngorms National Park. Which local conservation programmes does the Fife Arms support? Uh, so the Fife Arms obviously is very closely linked to Invercald Estate, so we do a lot of work with them, um, particularly... This year is at the forefront of our minds, it's the uh, International Year of the Salmon, so we're doing a lot of work on the river, on the River Dee, and on also the Gairn, a tributary of the Dee, runs down through um, through the estate, so we're doing lots of work on there. So things like Pearls in Peril, which is um, an initiative for freshwater pearl mussels, so they're not in a very stable state, they rely on salmon power as part of their life cycle, and because salmon are declining, the link's very, very tight, so the pearls, they're larvae, if you like, they give them off into the water, and they have to go through the mouth of a salmon or a trout, they adhere to the gills for the first winter and then they drop off into a gravel bed and the chances of that are remote so you need lots and lots of small fish in the river so if you don't have the small fish you don't have the pearls so pearls in peril how do you aid that program so we're trying to promote numbers of salmon in the river all the time obviously for rod and line fishing is the main driver because it's an income for the estate but also it's hugely important you know for the, the salmon are declining all the time so we're planting trees alongside the river, so along with the River Dee Trust, we do a lot of work with them. Um, we've planted over, a, well, they have, through the catchment, um, 140,000 trees on the river. 
sides, I think, um, at the moment. And the aim of that is because the water temperature is constantly rising, these trees long term will grow and shade the, and shade the river. So other wildlife on the estate that you're concerned with? Obviously, the main driver is you look at the hill, there's this patchwork, constant patchwork effect that you have, um, and that's all grouse management. But several other birds rely on that, um, so particularly waders. So we do um, wader nest management. We've put cameras on wader nests this year. That was quite interesting. Um, we put them on uh, curlew and lapwing nests, that kind of thing. And we found we were looking for what's predating on these waders, what's, what's killing them and stopping them, you know, successful nestings. Ten, ten cameras out this year, and two were predated by sheep which you would never believe. And we think they're going for the calcium in the, uh, the eggshells. So we put sheep, sheep are on the hill as a, as a tick management tool, so we use them as a mop to, we, you know, we treat them with a spot-on treatment to kill ticks. Uh, ticks carry a, a thing called lauping ill, which will kill grouse. Um, and also they're not desirable for walkers either, you know, we, we want less ticks on the hill in general. So, yeah, so we, we put them out as a management tool, but now we're considering the timing of releasing the sheep onto the hill and are they really as friendly as we actually thought they were? You know, so uh, so waders is a big thing, and then you've obviously got the iconic things: golden eagles, sea eagles. There's a, an osprey's just fledged a chick just down the river this year. All kinds of raptors. So yeah, no, it's a really broad brush approach to it. Even down to really small things. So um, down on the back of Craig Leak, I don't know how they ever find them, but these scientists who are really dedicated find um, like bryophytes and uh, so like mosses basically, and really really small fungi, and it these areas get designated on the back of these tiny you'd never see them at all but they're they're important you know in these areas and so we do a lot of work with those trying to preserve those because they need different those two are actually quite an interesting one because they need opposing management regimes so the both are present in the same area at the minute but there's a decision that which no one seems to have come to an actual final decision on it as to which one we actually go for to promote because they they both one needs light one doesn't need light and it's a one needs bare rock, one doesn't. It's a very different kind of a setup for both of them. So we're deciding at the moment which one to, which one we actually plump for and, get, and try and promote. What are the chances of seeing the iconic golden eagle and even an osprey around here? Pretty good. I took some trout guides out onto the hill the other day looking at a package for the hotel to offer a, a wilderness trout fishing package. And within five minutes of each other, we saw a juvenile golden eagle uh, and a sea eagle. So you wouldn't see one every time you go, but it, we see them regularly on the hill. There are plenty about. So how would you say that this access to nature is a defining feature of what the Fife can offer? Same story again, you can't get away from it. You know, you look out the window and, and you're, you're immersed in it, you walk out the door and you know, you're walking through it. So it absolutely defines the Fife. It's part of what it is. Red deer? Red deer, absolutely everywhere. Yet we're in Scotland also, row as well. So we manage the red deer again for a sporting aspect to provide an experience for you know, for guests of the Fife as well. So, yeah, we count them every year, we census them, we, we look at the recruitment every year, and we, we've got a defined number that we'd like to have on the hill, and we all, we're always working back to that number. So that's a large part of what I do. Also, within, within the forest, you know, there's lots of row in the forest, and, again, we manage the row actively to promote forestry growth. So deer management's always a response to, you know, tree damage, basically. So we're always trying to make sure that it's within acceptable limits. We don't We don't want no deer and lots of trees and we don't want lots of trees and no deer it's a, as a land manager it's a constant balance of looking at promoting one thing against the other you know as i was saying about the bryophytes and the and the fungi it's, it, it you, it's a constant trade-off and you're trying to put yourself in the middle and pick the best the best overall solution for for each scenario and you get extreme points of view on each side of the argument all the time you know, i try and balance it out myself because of course the red deer no longer have a predator in scotland they're 
They don't. No, they don't. Oof, so it's, it's gone. It has. It has, and it's down to us to to redress that balance, you know. And we've all got these Caledonian pine forest regeneration targets, which we're trying to hit, and we do it in different ways. And so our neighbours at Mar Lodge take a different view on deer management to us, but we just build that into our coal plan, and you know, yeah, we've all got to work together. How can a guest at the five farms get involved in all of this that's going on round about? So some of the conservation projects that we do, you can get involved in directly as a guest. So if you keep an eye on the River Dee Facebook page and that kind of thing, uh, they, we have when we're planting all these trees, we have volunteer planting events. So if you want to become actively involved in that, of course, you can come along to those. Some of the things are a bit more specialist, so like the woody debris dams and that kind of thing. Obviously, we're using heavy machinery, so it's not quite the kind of thing that guests can be involved in, unfortunately. But we have lots of really good operators um, at the Five who, you know, who can take you out and get you to experience these things. So people like Stephen Rennie and that, you know, local guides who'll take you out and show you this wildlife and, and explain why what you're looking at looks like it does. You know, that, that patchwork effect or why did the tree stop here and go to there? Why is the heather burnt? You know, all these kind of things, you know, they're, yeah, they're very good. Because so, that educational role is obviously important. Very, yeah, no, people come from all over the world here to see the landscape that we've got to offer and it doesn't always occur to them. I mean, for red grouse, for example, we're all very familiar with them here. Scotland and the north of England are the, it's the only place in the world that you get these birds. So, guests from America and things, it doesn't necessarily spring to mind for them, you know, looking at them to know what they are. Um, Caledonian pine trees, you know, again, belong to this area. You don't get them everywhere. So, yeah, it's important that, that guests have access to this information and, and to become educated in what's around. What other outdoor activities can guests enjoy in Brimar? There's a huge range of uh, activities that guests can get involved with. Um, so, a lot of my side is began with the sporting so we offer fishing packages for salmon and trout we can offer shooting packages for grouse red deer roe deer clay pigeons but other outside of that also there's plenty of other outdoor sports around here so you've got hill walking mountain biking local history and really the best way to find out more as a guest when you're here is to go down and speak to the gillies desk in reception that's what they're here for uh, and they can package up all these things for you as a guest and inform you of what you know what's around what's your favorite time of year here in Braemar? My favourite times are August and September. The reason for that, we're, we're high up the river here, so the salmon take quite a long time to get up. But by August and September, they're up here, so the fishing can be quite good. Um, last year, the fishing in September was incredible. You've got grouse are still in season if you want to do that kind of thing. Roebucks and red stags are also still in. We're just about to come into the rut. You've got the heathers still uh, in full bloom, so this year it's quite late, so you've still got the beautiful purple scenery. And also, I really like my mushroom hunting and the around Braemar is just absolutely full of edible mushrooms so excellent time of year the rut is a very evocative time and it is yes no lots of people come just to see it and um, photography tours and that kind of thing as well it's um so the rut for people who don't know is um whether during the summer the reds the red males the stags and the females the hinds they live in separate herds and just coming into october beginning of october the stag herds start to break up and they start to what we, we call it holding hinds so they'll break up and then they'll get a parcel of hinds and they'll hold them and they'll mate with those but it's as you're in, in Braemar you'll hear it from the hotel you can hear this kind of roaring sound that they you know they roar at each other and there's all fighting and all sorts you can hear antlers clashing and you can go out and see it and it's it's a real spectacle. There are many wonderful parts to this hotel but what's your personal favourite part that you've been involved in creating? Favourite part would be the fire cooking apparatus that we built for the Clooney dining room I think uh, yeah, that would be fair to say. It was a, that was an excellent project. Um, so the uh, the idea behind it was that as you come in, you can see the theatre of the chef working in front of the flames, uh, and that that was key to it. So we had a very defined space and not a lot of time to design and build it. 
and we went into a lot of detail in there so all the cooking surfaces are interchangeable we thought about the way that the fire creates its own embers and you can mix them with charcoal to get different heats and different different temperatures of fire we built it so you can smoke things on it at the same time as cooking you could hang a whole side of beef on it even down to you know the way that the um the boxes are built at the bottom for the logs and the charcoal and the you know there was a huge amount of design went into that and that would probably be the thing i'm most proud of and my favorite aspect of the hotel i would say ben carter thanks very much thank you thank you for listening to the people of the fife do visit our website, thefifearms.com. The music used on this podcast is called The Fife Arms Bremar and is written and performed by Scottish fiddler Paul Anderson. Mm-hmm.